It's another Saturday Night in Comedy. And as we wrap it up for the holidays, <laughs> get it, wrap, we're hitting the streets of Winnipeg to find the funny in Canada's most frigid city. We've got three cold-ass crowd killers who just dropped an all-new Winnipeg comedy album with our amigos over at Comedy Records. So throw another Yule log on the fire, crank up that dial. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Feliz Navidad. Welcome back to an all new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming coast to coast, Canada wide, North America wide, planet Earth wide on the Global News Radio Network. Brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. 2020 vision, even if you don't see the punchline come in. We got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line this week. Vince, we got, uh, we're, we're kind of like, our whole thing this week is it's all about hustling. Hustling and grinding. Hustling, grinding, um, killing it, making killing waves. It, making waves, making moves, making big moves. We have on the panel tonight two returning friends of the show. Keith Pedro, who of course is a very regular guest on, on the panels with us. We've we have him on always a few times a season. Uh, he's never has any shortage of plates that he's spinning, but actually recently he's been kind of all over the map. Uh, he was doing his own tour in support of his Trilapino album that he released this past year. Uh, and he's been just absolutely blowing up online. So we're going to catch up with Keith Pedro. And a little later on in the show, we have Danish Anwar, a Toronto comic of note, but also... Uh, one of those independent producers who somehow figured out the secret to just turning little cult Toronto shows into mega hits. I mean, he's the producer behind Toronto Comedy All-Stars, which has been selling out showcases at Comedy Bar for years at this point. Uh, and Your Hood's a Joke, which is a roast battle series that not only blew up in Toronto, but he's literally taken it all over the planet at this point. I mean, he's been doing this thing in multiple continents. So, I mean, Danish Anwar... A comic, a noteworthy comic himself, but I really want to pick his brain on the producing side of things because he seems to have figured something out that a lot of uh, independents kind of struggle with. So yeah. he's tapped into two absolute beasts, he's... two absolute beasts this Saturday night, Vince, two <laughs> pure crowd killers, hustlers, grinders who really have kind of figured out, like I said uh, early in the intro, the game is the game and these guys kind of have it figured out. So we're going to pick both their brains on that. It's a Saturday night, baby, right here in comedy, right here on Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming coast to coast. North America wide, planet Earth wide, everywhere where there's the internets on Global News Online. Brought to you as always by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, helping Santa find your chimney since 1967. That one sounds a little bit dirty, wasn't meant to, but away we go. It is our holiday special, and tonight it's a winter peg Christmas. We are talking to three crowd killers from Winnipeg. Hot off the tails of dropping a brand new album, Winnipeg Comedy, through our friends at Comedy Records, that highlights all things Winnipeg stand-up, which, was, of course, was recorded this past year. 
at the famous Winnipeg Comedy Festival. On the line right now, we've got Dana Smith. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. That's good. Right, so Chad Anderson on the air with us. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice of uh, you Toronto folks to uh, care about someone outside of Toronto. For, well, that for... is the oh. thing, uh, and we'll get into that. I'm also not originally from Toronto. <laughs> But the thing about Toronto is, aside from us on Inside Jokes, no one in Toronto really knows that there's more Canada outside of Toronto. But there, <laughs> there very much I, is. But it's kind I literally, of cool. I literally had someone say that they thought that Winnipeg was made up because they'd never <laughs> met anyone from Manitoba or Winnipeg before. I had someone well, say that. That's the beautiful thing about this album, too, by the way. And I know a little later on in the show, we're also going to have another comic, Tim Gray, jump on with us, who was also part of this album. But I mean, that's that's the really cool thing about this album is it sort of goes back to what Comedy Records was launched for in the first place, which was, you know, it was now we have this slew of all these independent Canadian comedy labels that have popped up over the last few years, certainly during the last two years of what I'm just affectionately and playfully calling the pandy but certainly all the labels that have sprung up have really changed the face of Canadian comedy but that was really the mo for comedy records to begin with was to go to different scenes in Canadian comedy highlight who the local headliners were what was going on at that time and place in that city in comedy so it is really a perfect sort of snapshot of what Winnipeg comedy is all about because I mean we really do in Canadian comedy everything always skews of course towards Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, Montreal, and that's it. So it is nice to actually see what's happening in all of these comedy hubs across Canada and actually highlight who's who and what what the material is. Uh, I think it's I think it's sort of a perfect time to do that, because, I mean, the last couple of years on this show, we've been talking about how Vancouver has really come into its own as a scene, but it's not like it happened overnight. There was always there was always touring, working, headlining comics there. And now there's, you know, you have indie record labels coming out of there. You have new tours, you have independent clubs. So it is nice to actually see what actually is happening in Winnipeg. Uh, how did this whole thing come together, by the way, Dana and Chad? I'll ask you that first, because, I mean, comedy records, they're kind of all over the place. They have their hands on a lot of plates. They've been doing a lot of stuff stateside the last few years. How long was this whole thing in the works for? Because I know you guys actually recorded this album on your home turf at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, which is so perfect. Was this something that was in the works for a long time, or did Barry Taylor and the Comedy Records crew just kind of reach out to you guys one day and go, hey, want to make a few bucks? And you guys said, yes, please, we're comedians. We need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was actually, I think it was just before Christmas last year that Barry, myself, Paul Robloskis, who was supposed to be on the album, but actually... I think he was filming his new uh, mm -hmm. hit TV show at the time, or he was just like, it was just getting the ball rolling for that. So he wasn't able to make it. Uh, and Garrett Jameson, another Winnipeg co comedian who now lives in Toronto, um, you know, Barry reached out to us and, and Tim and, and uh, he's like, you know, I'd love to do a Winnipeg album. I think there's great comics there. And, uh, and so we just kind of brainstormed some ideas and, um, decided the fest would be a great time probably to record a Winnipeg album and uh and that's how it kind of got the ball rolling and and yeah, yeah it's been of a couple months it, it didn't take it didn't take it wasn't like years and years in the works but it definitely was planned <laughs> fairly well you know it, it also kind of feels appropriate in a way because I mean we were talking about this just before we started the show today 
you know, in Canadian comedy and just in cities across Canada in general, Winnipeg is that city that always ends up sort of being the butt of the joke in, you know, Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal and Halifax and yada, yada, yada. It's always Winnipeg that seems like the butt of the joke, which I get it. I'm originally from Thunder Bay, which is, I I would say, Winnipeg. You you get it. It's Winnipeg light. It's like somebody (laughs) took Winnipeg and said, no, there's too many things. And that's what basically what Thunder Bay is. Yeah. But it kind of feels with this album that, you know, this is a, this is a lot of headlining Winnipeg comics that in a way with this album, you kind of get the last laugh. Cause this is a good way to spotlight, like, no, here we are as a scene. Cause again, most of us in Canada, we know comics that came out of that scene. We know comics. I mean, Garrett Jamison and Paul Rabliauskas that you just named are two, two ones to note for sure. We know comics from that scene. The Winnipeg comedy fest has always been a huge destination for Canadian comics. That's always a big feather in your cap as a working comic. But it kind of feels like you're getting the last laugh with this album and getting a chance to finally go, no, 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 here's who we are as a scene and here's the talent that we have here and showcasing it to the rest of Canada. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> every Because every scene has obviously, you know, your favorite home stages to go and hone material on. Every comic has like their favorite club stage and all that. Mm-hmm. Did it feel really important that you guys record this at the actual Winnipeg Comedy Fest? It kind of feels so appropriate that it's there on your home turf at your own fest because yeah, here in Toronto, we don't really have that. We started an independent festival this past year and actually Garrett Jameson was one of the comics behind that. But Toronto doesn't really have that. Toronto, we always just flock to just for laughs in Montreal and now we have JFL Toronto here, but Winnipeg has an actual festival that's a destination for Canadian comics. And it's one of those things where we kind of ignore that scene, but it's like, no, there's actually, this fest is here. And there's a lot of comics that are just based and work in Winnipeg. It kind of feels, did it feel like it was important to make sure that that happened at that fest? I, I felt it was like I, the, the Winnipeg comedy festival has been such a great, um, it's been a great support for me, um, in, on the scene. And like, I think I started doing shows with at the comedy fest like i don't know some certain amount of years ago maybe seven eight seven eight years ago and um so it's just kind of really been there throughout my comedy progression and in my career so it it felt we got i got married on the comedy it was all like it's a very very big part of my life you know (laughs) (laughs) it kind of does appropriate to like do this thing on your own home turf and showcase this stuff because i mean I don't know. It's kind of weird. Whenever we talk to Montreal comics, everybody goes, well, just for laughs is this huge thing that swallows up the whole city once a year. But even for a lot of Montreal comics who are the ones there putting on shows and producing and working the rest of the year, even it's tough for them to sometimes get on that stage. We're at Win- in Winnipeg, you have this festival that you really comics there kind of take ownership over it. It really does feel like your own fest. Uh, yeah, no, no. I was going to say um, the, the fest has been great for a lot of us in Winnipeg. You know, and, and they used to every year do a Winnipeg called the Winnipeg show where they showcased the local comics. Um, yeah. And uh, and they're, you know, they're they're pretty good uh, at recognizing who's been working hard and, and who, you know, who needs a little a little break and, and deserves a shot. Um, and so it, it's yeah, I have no qualms with the Winnipeg Comedy Fest. Uh, and I'm not just saying that in case they're listening, but uh, yeah. <laughs> No, well, they've always been great to me, uh, and uh, and yeah, it, it's it's nice that instead of just a Winnipeg show, last this past year we got to record an album. You know, so mm-hmm. now we have that; it's forever. All right, we're gonna get into it with more of our panel, more of what the Winnipeg comedy scene is all about 
It's a winter peg Christmas. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, this is Dana Smith. You're listening to Inside Jokes. Check out the Winnipeg compilation album from Comedy Records. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. Welcome back to It's a Winterpeg Christmas right here on 640 Toronto. We are talking all things Winnipeg comedy with some of our headliners from that city. And of course, the brand new album out now, which highlights Winnipeg comedy through our friends over at Comedy Records. And as always, we are brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Sure, you might have frostbite, but damn, do those frames look good. We've got Dana Smith and Chad Anderson on the air with us right now talking all things Winnipeg. But like I was saying before the break, I mean, this album is it's 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 a perfect cross section of sort of like, here's who's who in Winnipeg comedy right now. This is what's happening on this scene. And again, we were talking before about how, yes, Winnipeg kind of gets ragged on by other cities in Canada. But it Winnipeg has character. Winnipeg, it's cold. It's tough. It's in the heart of the country. It's kind of the gateway to the West. Totally. It has character. And what's what would you say is is sort of the flavor of the Winnipeg comedy scene? Because I feel like comedy in any given city is always very reflective of what that city is and i mean we spend so much time on this show talking about you know what the vancouver scene is like nowadays and vancouver is just sort of weird and portlandy montreal has french snobbery toronto doesn't know that the rest of canada exists <laughs> ottawa is stuffy and bureaucratic and just has comedy clubs that comics work their way up in what's sort of like if there is an overall flavor and tone of winnipeg comedy what do you think is it in that city that that sort of sets sets the tone for the comedy there? Uh, Survivalism. I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely survivalism. I mean, but yeah, yeah, blue collar really is what we are. Like even, even like the the richer neighborhoods or whatever. It's it's still pretty blue collar here. People are working hard. Uh, we have one club. They're great. Um, but then everyone comes up doing these independent shows, producing shows, going to the open mics, you know, um, and uh, our audiences are are pretty supportive, um, but they, they make us work. They, like, I've been to other cities. I, I've been, Ottawa specifically, very easy audiences in audience. It is. Ottawa. They're, they're, yeah. they are ready to laugh well it's a like, government they're, town they're just happy to not yeah. be filing you know yeah. <laughs> and and case in point if anybody's watching this on well, nobody's watching it on zoom but i'm gonna post this on zoom that chad okay now i just figured out why i could say you could see chad's breath that's how cold it is but really he's smoking a cigarette so uh, <laughs> i'm like that's how cold it is in winnipeg you can see his breath even in his car Turns out he's smoking. It's actually pretty. It's pretty warm here today. Actually, it's like zero oh, right now. Classic. Yeah, there we go. Beautiful. That's shorts weather where I'm from. I don't <laughs> believe you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that like the comedy. Well, w there is a certain element of survivalism. I think in Winnipeg, where like we we've gone through the minus forty, and so our summers are just everyone's partying all the time and so i yeah. feel like that kind of the audiences lend that a bit to us where it's like listen they're here to have a good time if you're going to give it to them you know like that yeah it's not easy laughs but they will be there with you if you can if you can make them laugh you know and i was and it's funny because chad was saying i mean you have it's a one club town but you do have 
all these independent shows that have sort of sprung up around that, but it's a one club town. It's a, it's a festival town. Mm-hmm. Is it, has Winnipeg sort of patterned itself at all off of the, I just call it the Alberta doctrine because Alberta is sort of like the Holy land of the Canadian road dog. It's like, yeah, you can be in Calgary or Edmonton, but it's like, it's a road work province. That's what it is. People sort of do this same circuit and you play these towns and you play these venues and play these casinos. And it's, it's a good province for paid road work. And they've sort of figured that out. Winnipeg being where it is, because it is the gateway to the West. It is right smack dab in the heart of the country. Is it sort of, is it a good jumping off point for comics who want to be out and work on the road? Because at the end of the day, I mean, yes, the landscape has changed a lot. I mean, now we're living in this digital realm and everything's sort of all about a global audience, but Canadian comedy was always built on just getting out there and putting in the kilometers. Is Winnipeg a good spot to have as sort of a launch pad for road work? Like is, is there a lot of that going on in Manitoba? Well, I don't know. I found I, it's kind of an isolated place, though. That's the thing. It's so far from everything else. Like you can do a lot of your small town gigs, but you kind of have to put in the work in 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 getting them. Like what's good about, you know, Alberta is that, you know, Vancouver is very close and there's two major cities in within Alberta. Like yeah. Winnipeg is very isolated in that way where it's to your closest next major city is like eight hours away or four. I don't know, a certain amount of hours away, probably. <laughs> So it's it's a little bit it's a little bit tougher in terms of road gigs, I think. It is kind of true, though, what Chad and Dana were saying about Winnipeg comedy, because when you like for Winnipeg audience, because it's not, you know, there's the one club there, there's a the one festival. But even when you go to these open mics and you go to these independent shows, I think for audiences pack in because it's something that they don't get to see all of the time. And it does feel mm-hmm. like more of an event. And it does. There's sort of this yeah. trend there from audiences where it's like I'm seeing a live stand-up show this is a special thing whereas in a city like toronto it can get oversaturated i mean there's seven billion open mics happening at any given time so there's yeah. a bit of a sort of outside of you know the comedy bars and the and the absolute comedies and the yuck yucks but as far as independent shows go there is sort of this audience fatigue that can kind of happen in a hub mm-hmm. like Toronto because there's so much going on and telling that separation between you know a quote-unquote legit comedy show and an mm-hmm. open mic that just somebody started in a bar five minutes ago mm-hmm. to tell the difference when you go to a city like Winnipeg and it kind of reminds me of Ottawa in that way audiences come out and fill the room and they're there ready to just sort of make it an event and yeah. it feels like it's a more mm-hmm. legitimate thing in some ways mm-hmm. and and there's a higher expectation like you can't get away with being absolutely brutal even at, at an open mic like you can go to an open mic you're allowed to be brutal but maybe you'll be asked to take another week off to spend a bit more time writing you know maybe like Ooh, chad. People will not let you get yeah chad <laughs> <laughs> i don't even i don't actually i don't write i don't write actually that makes sense comes to me yeah Hold on, so they, they, they asked you to take a week off and maybe you should hone your material and come back when you're ready um i don't think I, that is that has never happened to me uh but i will say we used to have an open mic run by uh, a good friend yeah. of ours who's no longer with us john b duff rest in peace mm-hmm. uh and uh he used to do for newer comics who were a little bit brutal like myself in my early years um at the end of the show, if there was too many comics, instead of cutting you, he would make you do one minute of stand-up, mm-hmm. and he would have the audience chant, one minute of stand-up, one minute yeah. of stand-up, as you walked <laughs> to the stage, which yeah. 
in the in the moment it feels a little humiliating uh but looking back now i'm like no that that made me better because oh in that moment i'm like what's my best joke right now what is my best joke i need to get it out in one minute and and yeah and, and can because i, I say, want that stage time as as an audience member at the time i hadn't started doing comedy when when john was doing the one minute stand-ups but it was my favorite to watch the one minute of stand-ups because it was all punchlines and it was people yeah. bringing yeah. all of their energy um and yeah. i loved it and i didn't think of it as a humiliated thing i thought of it as like oh what's this person gonna do with this it was awesome yeah. This is like gladiator. It's like, yeah. I'm not entertained. Yeah. It is true because you have to just really grab the audience by the jugular and it's just got yeah. everything has to like hit, hit, hit. I don't know. Do you find yeah. that? Because I mean, whenever you, you know, in Canada, let's say you're based in Toronto or you're based in Montreal, but then you, ha you, you know, you strike out across the country and go on tour, mm -hmm. you go and do road work and you go in these small towns and audiences there are always so appreciative. It's always like, well, thank you coming to, to coming to our place and bringing live comedy. And it's, it does really feel like an event. Do you mm -hmm. find that audiences in Winnipeg were like that, where it's sort of, they're there more to experience a show. They're there ready to laugh. And there's sort of that expectation there because it, it was always mm -hmm. funny, even here in Toronto, you'd watch comics come in from smaller scenes. Like you'd watch comics come in from places like Ottawa and Halifax, where they're used to just ping-ponging back and forth between the two clubs and getting right. paid for every single thing they do. <laughs> come to Toronto and there's this look of abject horror on their face. I mean, I'm sure you're experiencing this right now, Dana, where you come to Toronto and it's like, I don't get paid for this. And I'm doing material for 10 other comics at two in the morning in the back of some bar. <laughs> like, Whereas there, it feels like because it's not so saturated, it is more of a thing. It's more of an event. So mm -hmm. in, in some ways, yeah. in comedy in cities like Winnipeg, it is kind of like less is more in a way. Because Winnipeg's interesting because it's a, it's a major Canadian city, but it also very much feels like a small town. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's a small it's a small town. I love the crowds that come out, especially the ones in the winter time. Like. You know, the, over the, the the last winter in the pandemic, Rumors Comedy Club was still able to operate at 50% capacity. And the room yeah. is so big yeah. and spread out that at 50% capacity, you're still playing to 100 people. And, uh, you know, they play things pretty safe. They put in like a new, one of those new UV air ventilation systems. And, uh, uh, and, and so, you know, you, it felt safe, but it was like, uh, the crowds that came out for those shows, especially if they come through a snowstorm or, you know, it's minus 40 outside and they could like lose a child just by leaving the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they when they get there, like, yeah, for the most part, they're like, OK, I'm going to come. I bought a ticket. I'm going to have a burger and I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to be here for this comedy show, you know. Uh, there's less of a past day approach to uh, audiences like when they when they come out to a show in Winnipeg, especially in the winter time. And then even on the flip side of that, in the summertime, because we have such brutal winters, we really make the most out of our summers. And when we put together like a really fun summer stand-up show, people come out and it's a ton of fun. Like again, at, towards the end of the pandemic, Mike Green was putting on a uh, these shows in the middle of the forest and. <laughs> it was like a, a secret location. There was a portal party. We had a generator. We had like twinkly lights in the trees. There were deer interrupting the show. Um, uh, but people came out and it was so much fun. Like, uh, 
Yeah. That's what I love. Winnipeg comedy. All of our shows are basically Fred Penner. You just goes <laughs> <laughs> through a log to a secret. <laughs> I thought there was something sinister about that, by the way. It's like just follow me through this log. I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I that would sandwiches. All right, we're going to come back with more of It's a Winter Peg Christmas. We'll be right back right here on Inside Jokes. This is Tim Gray. You're listening to Inside Jokes. And make sure you check out the Winnipeg Comedy Album brought to you by Comedy Records. Welcome back to It's a Winterpeg Christmas, right here on Inside <laughs> Jokes on 640 Toronto, brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. So you can at least pretend to read the Christmas card this year. We are talking all things Winnipeg comedy. We've got Dana Smith, we've got Chad Anderson, we've got Tim Gray, all of whom are featured on the brand new Winnipeg comedy compilation album from our friends over at Comedy Records. Uh, before the break, we were talking about what the Winnipeg scene is all about and sort of, you know, again, it's one of those comedy hubs in Canada that we all know it for the fest. We all know it for Rumors Comedy Club. We don't really know what's going on street level, what the scene looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. And I want to ask all of you comics, especially now with this, with this album coming out, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about how, yes, Winnipeg always ends up being like the butt of the joke in other Canadian cities. I feel like, do you think that sort of flavors a little bit what Winnipeg comedy is. I feel like Winnipeg comics probably are a lot better at being self-deprecating than everybody else in Canada. Because in Toronto, we kind of, everybody takes themselves so seriously and every every comedy show that comes out of here has to have like a message or some sort of, you know, <laughs> some sort of takeaway. And we of course don't look outside. Toronto almost has that American thing where it's like, there's nothing outside of this. There is no nothing beyond Main Street. This is Pleasantville. It just keeps. It's just Toronto, and that's it. Do you think Winnipeg mm -hmm. does have that ability to sort of be self-deprecating and turn inward? Like, is comedy just in your DNA somehow as Winnipeggers? Big time. I'd say that the self-deprecation, but especially but like we love self-deprecation when it comes from a winnipegger we're not gonna put up with it when it comes from outside okay no thank you not interested you don't get it you don't get it you'll never get keep it, it unless moving. You yeah, keep it moving all right keep it moving <laughs> yeah i think we definitely i think one of our strengths is that we don't take ourselves seriously you know mm -hmm. and we're good at we're good at chopping each other down to make sure we don't get too tall we also have a big time, uh, we have a big Rudy complex when it comes to uh, comedy, you know? We're just like, put us in, Toronto. We, we got one minute of stand-up, ready to go. Well, there's this sort I of think... genuineness to it, right? Because Winnipeg Comics, like yourselves, it's like, that's, you know, your hometown is also your quote-unquote comedy hometown. So you come up there, your city sort of flavors what you're doing on stage, Toronto's not really like that. Most of the comics you encounter in Toronto are comics that sort of work their way up in other scenes and then just moved here. We don't really have our own distinct flavor that way. It's just sort of a destination and that's mm -hmm. it. Whereas you look at scenes like Winnipeg, it reminds me of Halifax is another one that's like that as well. It's like the comics come from there and growing up there and being part of that city very much sort of flavors the stand-up that comes out of there. Toronto is not really that. Toronto's just sort of a patchwork of comics that came from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For you, yeah. Tim, I mean, you know, was, was, again, we were talking earlier in the show about how, 
you know, I mean, Canadian comedy was always, of course, very regional, but the whole game plan was always like, work your way up in whatever city you're in. Yeah. Make the move to Toronto, get JFL Montreal, get a visa and then leave altogether. Do you feel like it's more, do you feel like it's more, and I actually think now, like with this album coming out on Comedy Records, if you look at the Junos the last couple of years, now that comedy has come back to the Junos, the last couple of years have been entirely swept by independent Canadian albums that came out of labels like Comedy Records, like mm-hmm. Comedy Here Often, like Howl. Yeah. Do you think it's sort of yeah. changed the landscape for Canadian comics where it doesn't really so much matter about just picking up and going anymore? It feels more possible to do things here and be in charge of your own career. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think uh, now more than ever, it's important to realize the agency you have over your own career as a comedian, because you have so many different channels that allow you to grow your own fan base directly. Uh, you know, I mean, no one's surprised that today, these days, you need to be able to put in clips on Instagram, um, you know, of you doing crowd work, of you doing, you know, unfinished bits or, or whatever something that looks nice and sounds good uh if not like are you even a comedian you know you almost have to get to that point where your own you're producing your own uh one and a half minute special every week uh just to grow an audience and and that is effective you know uh the old the old the old ways of doing things where it's like okay maybe you win a contest that happens once a year you get twenty five thousand dollars and a string of uh headlining spots at yuck clubs and then what happens after that like do you have an audience that follows you or i mean the homegrown isn't even a competition anymore it's just a feature of talent which maybe that's better um, and that's certainly a good credit but is that gonna fill seats for you um i don't know you, you see a lot of comics like shay Arena, and there's a lot of comics out of toronto that, and and you know comics across coast to coast here who uh who have figured out some sort of niche to feature themselves comedically online. And those are legitimately selling tickets for them. Like, yeah, we, 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 there's this, uh, it's not really a standup. It's a sketch comedian from here. Uh, Laura that we met when we were did the San Francisco sketch festival. And uh, she just had this one woman show very funny and over the pandemic couldn't perform pivoted to uh, doing characters care, like these crazy characters on, uh, uh, and then and then we went and saw her do a show here where she sold out like three nights of a uh, 200 seat theater. You know, it was like, it was great. It was great. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's that's not the only way to do it, but it's definitely an option. You can make yourself build, you know, if you want to do the work, be your own producer. It kind of does. Like, it feels like it's more, like you said, You there was always very specific inroads in Canadian comedy where it was like, yeah. you showcase for one of our two clubs, you get mm-hmm. signed. You hope to get one of our three festivals and then you hope that that fills up your gig sheet for you. Whereas now, and especially after coming out of the last couple of years where all those things were sort of on pause, comics just sort of went, well, we have to steer the ship now. So you do have to build your own audience and build your own sort of online presence. It's just a necessary evil now, but it also, again, it has sort of given comics more control over their own careers. And it's kind of funny right now in Canadian comedy, because you look at what's airing on say CBC gem, you look at who's headlining the festivals right now coming out of the pandemic. You look yeah. at sweeping up the Junos. This is all independent stuff. It's all stuff that comics have taken on themselves. And it really has finally changed the landscape of Canadian comedy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like it. <laughs> I love this episode so much. <laughs> Good talk. Everyone just, yep, for sure. Yeah. It I really does. Everything good. feels everything feels possible, especially in Winnipeg. All right, we're going to come and wrap it up with our Winnipeg panel. It is a Winterpeg Christmas. We'll be back with more right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, this is Chad Anderson from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, the heart of the country, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Please check out the Winnipeg compilation album from Comedy Records. Uh, that I guess that's it. I don't know what I, I started so strong. Anyway, l- listen to the radio and the album. Charlie, I'm pregnant, living on Ninth Street. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, ladies and gentlemen, right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. Does anyone actually know what hindsight is 2020 means? <laughs> I don't think so. Hakeem Optical. We're talking to our good friend Danish Anwar, Toronto comedian slash planet-wide mega producer. Uh, which, by the way, we were, we were talking industry with you before the break and about, you know, in a city that is so saturated with sort of independent shows some good some bad but actually launching shows in this city that sort of stand apart from the pack and become mm-hmm. full-blown comedy brands because one thing we've been harping on this show a lot about in in the past season or two is the fact that this is sort of quote-unquote the age of the independent right now in canadian comedy yeah. um, especially coming out of the last couple of years you're seeing an industry now that like you know keith pedro earlier on in the show was talking about the juno nods the last couple of years now that comedy is a big category there again they finally brought that back you look at all the albums that swept the junos the last couple of years it's all from independent labels you look yeah. at a lot of the tours that have been happening it's all started by comics themselves because we've come out of a period in the last couple of years where you know obviously clubs were temporarily closed and festivals were on pause and everything was on hiatus you had an entire industry of comics that went, well, I got to keep working. So they just mm-hmm. sort of started their own things. So that's what we're seeing in Canadian comedy right now. You've kind of had your finger on that pulse for a long time. I mean, like you were saying before the break, you've been producing these shows for a decade now, a decade yeah. plus. Uh, and one thing that I always admired about that side of what you do is, and I'm sure this is just because you're a working comic yourself, is you always made sure that shows were equitable for comics and that people mm-hmm. were paid fairly for their time and for their art for their skill right i mean you imagine that imagine that what a novel thing in this country mm-hmm. uh, which which brings me to this next thing because i mean not only are you know your hands are always full with producing multiple multiple shows you're actually you've actually launched a comedy grant for performers in this country what's that all about yeah um at the beginning of this year year of the lord 2022 when shows were starting to come back around february march i just had this idea because at that point you know, post-pandemic, uh, I've been able to produce even more shows, actually. You know, one of the side effects is a lot of producers and comedians quit worldwide in every scene. There are fewer people left in the industry. And, you know, if, if you went through a biblical plague and you still want to do this, then you're a true believer, right? So I find that more of the hardcore artists have, have remained. And with with my, like, any given month, I produce about about four, five, no, actually five or six shows in Toronto. And then plus I have some shows running around the world which have their own schedule based on the yeah. local producers. And I thought, what if I put away one ticket's worth of money per show and see what happens? Like five shows a month in Toronto alone, that's about 20 bucks a show. That's $100 a month. At the end of the year, it came out to about a thousand, right? Actually a little bit over a thousand. And I realized, hey, this experiment actually might do something. It's a thousand dollars. You can record a comedy album. You yeah. could 
you could uh, take the next step if you're also a producer. You could take the next step and maybe rent a bigger, sh bigger theater. You know, you're a newer person. When I first started, I was doing smaller shows, just putting them together in like bars. And you know, comedy bar took a chance on me, like they do with a lot of newer people. But if you want to take the next step, as it is in our society, you need a little bit more money. That's just how it is. And I, I figured, okay, why don't I just do this one thing? See if the government is, you know, honest about the fact that this is so hard. Turns out it's not so difficult. You put away twenty bucks a show from five shows a month. You got a thousand dollars in the year. That's a grand, and it's kind of my attempt to set up, or at least start to set up some kind of industry here, some kind of model that we can work with, as opposed to using uh, the, the industry models from the U.S., U.K., or even moving there. We can just have them come here instead. And one thing that I didn't expect, I was hoping for, but didn't expect to actually happen is producers from other scenes want to do this too. I've got a lot of messages from people yeah. out east in the prairies out west, be like, "Hey, this is a great idea. How did you do it?" I'm like, "Here, here's how I do it." Often you just need someone else to do something to realize that it's achievable. And I laid it out. Look, if you've got three, four shows a month, put, put, put aside 20 bucks. Maybe yeah. some months you put aside more, some months you put aside less. End of the year, you got about $1,000, give back to your community. And the last part of that is I'm not a zero-sum guy. I don't think that one person's success means another person's failure. I think that in Canada in particular, we haven't even come close to reaching market penetration for comedy. You know, we seem to think that if you, if, if I have a good show, that means the comedy audience is coming to me and not my, and not your show. That's not true. If I put on a good show, if you put on a good show, you just created a fan who's going to go to more comedy shows. We, maybe less than 10% of Canadians go to stand-up. We got to increase that number. And if I'm, if we are collectively able to help each other improve, you know, the quality of our art, I think we're going to have more people think of a night out as not just let's go to the movies, let's go to the bar, let's go out to dinner. Hey, maybe we also go to comedy because I've had a good time at it. Exactly. So yeah. that's kind of like my holistic, in a nutshell, approach to this. Um, and hopefully it works out. You never know. Well, and I think, you know, I, I think our most self-destructive thing in Canadian comedy is that sort of modesty that we have. It's almost like <laughs> even, even though we crank out the best comedians in the world, it's always that idea of like, well, America's right there. So why even bother trying? Why even bother trying to do this? They have no healthcare. Stay here. <laughs> Stay here. <laughs> That's right. All right, Danish, before we let you go. So I know, as always, you have shows coming up at Comedy mm -hmm. Bar. I know there's one that you are guest hosting coming up that has a show with a cause behind it as well. Uh, you're also doing a roast of the World Cup. So yes. we're going to catch these shows and, of course, find you online, find all your brands online, all that good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, uh, people can find me online at Terror Suspect across the board, all my socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pornhub, OnlyFans, you know how it is, Terror <laughs> Suspect. Uh, and yeah, I have a ton of shows coming up. So on uh, December 16th, Friday, I'm doing Culture Shock, which is a diversity-focused show run by Demi Ellis. It's immigrant comedians. It's Friday, December 7th. Uh, sorry, it's Friday, December 15th. No, Friday, December 16th, my mistake. Comedy Bar Danforth. It's called Culture Shock. And then Thursday, December 15th, we're doing a World Cup roast. We're going to have comedians repping various teams, roasting each other in a tournament-style thing. It's right before, a day before the finals, I believe. So it'll be right on time. If, you're, if you've got that free day, you've got World Cup fever and no games to watch. Thursday, December 15th, come to the World Cup roast at Comedy Bar Bloor at 8 p.m. And as usual, you know, I have shows booked till next July. So come check me out, Terror Suspect, once again, and we'll have some fun. There we go. I love it. Always a man on many missions. Danish Anwar, Toronto comic slash Uber producer. And of course, thank you earlier in the show to our good friend, Keith Pedro. Check out his album, Trilopino, and his upcoming tour dates in support of that. That is our panel, but don't forget, you can listen to every episode Saturday nights at nine right here on 640 Toronto and all of them right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy Rx is Chad Anderson. 
I learned a lot uh, like during the pregnancy. Like I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't really know about pregnancy. Like I thought I knew about pregnancies, but I guess I didn't know. Like I learned, uh, like I knew there was trimesters, three of them in a pregnancy, but I didn't know during the first trimester, absolutely no way can you tell anyone that you're pregnant. You know what I mean? Because it's like the most at-risk time of the pregnant. So no, absolutely no fucking way can you tell anyone that you're pregnant. I should rephrase, absolutely no fucking way, Chad, can you tell anyone <laughs> that we're pregnant. But I can tell whoever the fuck I want. Yeah, that's how that went. She told whoever she wanted, and I was like, can I tell my best friend? And she's like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, you just told your hairdresser. How is this fair to me? She was like, my body, my choice. I was like, yeah, fair point, fair point, yeah. Okay, I'll let you guys in on a little secret. I did tell my best friend. Yeah, I told one of my best friends because it was my last summer as not a dad. It was my last summer not having the heaviest responsibility one person could take on in their entire lives. So I went out and we rented a cabin and me and my buddies, we uh, did some magic mushrooms. And I know some of you are like, oh no, native guy who's a dad's talking about drugs. Should we call CFS? Go ahead, she's white, so yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, also she works for them, so I figured out how to beat your system, white people. Yeah. That was a Winterpeg Christmas right here on 640 Toronto, and of course we are heading towards the holiday season. That's it, Vince Tedesco. That's our last show for before Christmas. Uh, but we do have another special show coming up, because listeners of our show over the past seven seasons know that we always like to sort of recap the year in comedy we always do a new year's slash year in review special uh so we are going to be back to wrap up the year with some of our favorite friends of the show uh and we're going to talk about some of the sort of biggest and most bizarre things that happened in comedy this past year uh notably course, this episode <laughs> the oscars slap heard around the world that's a big one of course uh yeah. some of the more controversial specials that were released this past year and stirred up a lot of conversation uh a lot of big names in comedy worldwide and here at home in Canada passed away this past year. So we're going to look back at some of our favorite comics we lost in 2022 and just uh, Vince, a lot of the more sort of bizarre things that happened on stage and off in the land of comedy and the world around us this past year, there is really a lot to get into in 2022. Uh, it was a mixed bag. You know, yeah. we came out of the, we came out of the pandy, all the festivals came back full swing tours came back, everything fully reopened. Uh, and again, as always in comedy, there's no shortage of weird stories in the news and weird controversies that happen. So we'll have some of our favorite guests of the show and some of our favorite friends from over the years uh, rejoining us on the panel to just sort of recap the past year and close things down for 2022. Yes, that will air New Year's Eve. But New Year's Eve. Then, Merry Christmas, Dean. Merry Christmas, Vince, and to all of our listeners, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and we'll join you to wrap up and recap 2022 in comedy, New Year's Eve, right here on Inside Jokes. <laughs>